chapter 6 is where we're going to start out at. Uh, we had been, uh, before I left and was gone for a couple of weeks, we've been going through and talking about different uh, mindsets of the last days. And uh, we're going to continue that because there's still a lot of things that we're going to talk about. Uh, but uh, I'm going to kind of um, uh, detour from that tonight. And um, I want to, uh, again, uh, with everything going on, uh, prepare us for um, the, uh, the spiritual battle that we are about to engage in. Amen? And we, truth be told, we're, we're always engaged in spiritual battles. Uh, but there's uh, sometimes heightened times of spiritual warfare. And I can tell you right now, folks, uh, we are, uh, we're in one of those times. And so uh, we need to be prepared for that. And uh, that's my job as the pastor, to help prepare the people for what you're going to face spiritually. Amen? And so I want to do that and help and try to help us tonight. First uh, Timothy chapter six. If you find your place, stand with me together, and uh, we're going to read uh, just a few, uh, just a couple verses here, uh, beginning in verse eleven. The Bible says this: "But thou, O man of God, flee these things, and the things mentioned are, are in the previous verses, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness." Look at verse twelve: "Fight the good fight of faith." Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Jesus Christ, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his time he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings, and the Lord of Lords. And let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you so much for who you are. We thank you so much for all that you do. Now, Lord, as we uh, approach your word, uh, we need your help tonight. We need your wisdom. We need your strength. And, Lord, I pray that all of our hearts and minds would be open to the truths of the word of God. And, Lord, I pray that as, as your people living in these days, God, that we would have uh, uh, the proper mindset. And, Lord, we would be prepared to represent you in a way that would bring you glory and honor. Lord, use us, we pray, and we thank you now. We ask you in Jesus' name. I mentioned this this morning, I think as I was closing out uh, the message this morning, uh, but uh, mentioned how the fact that the Christian life uh, is a fight and it is a battle. Uh, verse 12 uh, is where I kind of, uh, <clears throat> the, the text verse tonight, where it says to fight the good fight of faith. And uh, again, I said it this morning, I'll say it again. We need to have the right mindset and understand what the Christian life is. Amen. And I love uh, the old evangelist, uh, Dr. Lester Roloff. And uh, man, he, he, you, you think I am a crazy preacher. Man, that guy, he was something else. If you've never heard him preach, I'm sure you can find him online. Uh, but uh, Dr. Roloff, uh, he wrote a song, and he sang, he, he sang a lot. And it, it, was, it was a song, and, and I forget the name of the song, but one of the lines was, It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. Run if you want to. Run if you will. But I came here to stay. I think that's the name of the song. Run if you want to. Amen. And uh, it's a great song. Got to look it up sometime. Uh, but I love that statement in there. It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight, not a game. And truth be told, that is what the Christian life is. And I understand there's different kinds of battles. And we just talked about that. Uh, but uh, tonight, what I want to do is, uh, I told you this morning, uh, it was kind of the, the pep talk this morning, to get you fired up, amen? Tonight's the battle plan, and I want to show you and the detail for you and explain to you exactly what's happening, uh, particularly in preparation for the next couple of weeks, and, uh, and the title of the message tonight is this, is how to engage in spiritual warfare, 
How to engage in spirit? I use that word engage uh, uh, for a reason, for a purpose. Okay, the word the, the word engage is a verb. All right, uh, it's not letting it come to you. It means you take it to that uh, to what you got to fight. Amen. It means to be actively involved in. And uh, I just want to encourage you, every single Christian, I don't care whether you're a young person, you're a teenager, you're middle-aged, or you're a senior saint, every single one of us, if we're still breathing, we need to be involved in this. Amen? And I'm going to show you how to do that. So uh, let's look at some things tonight. Now, some of this, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the things that I've, I've preached about within the last year or so, okay? Because I have covered some of this, and especially, I think, two years ago, when our theme was having done all the stand. I'm going to make mention of some of it, but there's one part of the message I'm really going to get to and spend some time on, and so we'll get to that here in just a minute. All right, so let's go and take our Bibles, and uh, <clears throat> let's flip back uh, to the most famous passage about spiritual warfare in the Bible, and that's Ephesians chapter 6. And this is where I'm not going to take a ton of time, mention a few things, and we're going to keep moving. But the first way to engage in spiritual warfare is you must know your enemy. Amen? Know your enemy. Because I'm going to tell you something. Uh, if you don't know what it is you're fighting, you're not going to be successful. Okay? And that's why some battles, um, uh, you know, have, have in the past uh, not necessarily ended in a clear victory because truth be told, they didn't really know what the enemy was. What, what is it we're fighting? Well, listen, God doesn't leave us to wonder what it is we're battling against. And we need to have that right mindset because the devil wants you to think you're fighting against something when you really ought to be fighting against something else. Amen? And so, first of all, know your enemy. And the Bible declares for us what our enemy is. Okay? And that's the famous verse, Ephesians 6, 12. Let's look at it. Okay? And uh, we'll, we'll make a few applications uh, from this. Okay? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. All right. Now that word wrestle, it talks about a close encounter, uh, and uh, uh, back in, in Bible times, hand-to-hand -hand combat. Okay. And so uh, it, it's what it is that you are going to be engaging on a personal level. What he's saying here. Okay. Now, first of all, he tells us what our enemy is not. And this is where a lot of people get confused, and this is where Satan wants you to get confused. Right, yeah. Okay? Because our enemy is not flesh and blood. Yeah, right. So that means this. If it is it has a beating heart, and it has lungs that pump air, okay, that's not the enemy. Now, I'll be honest with you. That's hard for us to take. Because that's who we think the enemy is. Okay? But listen, we're engaging in spiritual warfare. Okay? And we need to understand that, folks, because Satan, again, what's his key tactic okay, is, is trickery. He wants to divert us from what we're really fighting against. And if we can kind of fight over something over here, we're going to miss what it's all about. Okay? Now listen to me, okay? Let, let, let's break this down to where we're at. Okay? What's going on over here in the park and the people in this community that are organized now are for that? They're not our enemy. Right. Hey, yeah. They think we are. Right. And if you, you know, divulge in some of those crazy comments, I mean, my goodness. I mean, honestly, I read a few and that was it. Right. Okay, I'm only going so far down that hole, all right? And, uh, but uh, they think we literally hate them. That's what they think. But folks, listen, we don't hate them. You don't tell you why we don't. They're not the enemy. They're not the enemy. And you've got to get that in your mind as a Christian because if you don't, you're going to be diverted from who the true enemy is. Uh -huh. And you're going to not be able to combat the real enemy and really do the warfare where it's really going to count. Okay? And so it, the enemy is not flesh and blood. Let me tell you what flesh and blood is. 
lost, deceived. Here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Notice here, in whom, here's the enemy, the God of this, blinded their minds, uh, uh, blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the lie of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Okay, listen, folks. People are deceived. People are blinded. People are not the enemy. Okay, we need, we, we need to understand that. Okay? And that's why we don't go around, okay, blowing up abortion clinics. Okay? That's why we don't go driving our vehicles through pride parades and, you know, trying to kill, physically kill people. That's not what we do because they're not the enemy. Okay? So get that. Okay? And don't let your heart get set. If you're not careful, listen, we can't in our hearts start hating people. Okay? But if you understand something, people's not the enemy, then guess what? You're going to direct the hatred, the, the, or should I say the righteous indignation to the place it ought to be directed to. And it's not people. Okay? So for anybody that's watching this online, I'm going to look right here at the camera so you see me because I'm talking to you. Anybody trying to take this out of context and try to say that the Christians of White River Baptist Church hate you, not true. Amen. We love you, and you're not the enemy. Amen? All right, now, we know who the enemy is not. Let's talk about who the enemy is. Okay? Look at verse 11. The previous verse. Okay? Here we go. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against, here we go, the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil. Who our number one enemy is, okay? And we can we can talk about the flesh and we can talk about the world and, and you know and, and where we rank those, one, two, three, whatever. But let's just let, let's just uh, uh, talk about this tonight, okay? Our enemy's the devil, amen. Okay, when you got saved, it got real and it got real quick, amen. Because when you got saved, a lot of things happened in the spiritual world. A lot of things happened. Amen? Praise God, our sins got forgiven. Amen? Our eternal destiny got altered. The Holy Spirit of God came to live inside of us. But guess what else happened? You got an enemy. You got an enemy. Amen? And that enemy is the devil. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, his main arsenal that he uses to trick and deceive is that of the wiles or trickery or deception. That's what he is. He wants to divert. He wants to divert our attention in other areas to keep the attention where it ought to be at. And when it comes to fighting, and when it comes to engaging the enemy, we better understand who it is we're supposed to be fighting, and that's old smutty face himself. Amen. Listen, folks, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Okay, I've seen it. I mean, uh, I, I'm not a novice in the ministry. As we begin to engage, the enemy is going to engage us. Okay, and so here's what that means. Okay, and uh, that means that you can't fall for the tricks of the devil. You've got to be more spiritually mature than that. And by the way, you know how you do that? By keeping yourself in the Word of God. Amen? Because Satan is our enemy. But here's the thing. Not just Satan. Okay? Because, again, back to verse 12. It tells us it's not just Satan we're dealing with. We're dealing with principalities, which means chief magistrates, powers, delegated authority over jurisdictions, Rulers of the darkness of this world. That means rulers of obscurity in the realm of mankind. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Non-human depravity above the sky. Okay? And listen, folks, if God would lift our eyes uh, and the veil be lifted, you would be scared to death. If God would lift the veil. There's a reason that veil's strong. Amen? And unless mankind does certain things to breach the veil, you don't get a peek into the other side. Be glad you don't. Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. There is this stuff all around us. 
Okay, and according to these verses here, and again, I'm not going to get a ton of time into this, but Satan and his forces are organized, they're planned, okay, and, the, and, and listen, you know, I think he wants for us to think that they're at each other all the time. And I don't know, okay, I've never seen it in that world per se, uh, but maybe they are to some extent. But listen, there's no way they can do the damage they do if they didn't know what they were doing. Okay, that means this, okay, there are demonic forces that are behind what's going on up here in our city. Demonic forces behind it. I don't know what the name of that demonic ruler is. The Bible gives us some names of some of the demonic rulers. The book of Daniel talks about the prince of Persia, uh, the prince of Greece. It seems to be they're named after different territories. Maybe it's the prince of Princeton, I don't know. Or maybe it's the prince of pride. Okay, I don't know what the name of that demonic ruler is. Okay, not just one, but multiple. But there's a demonic hierarchy that is in our town trying to cause destruction. That's right. And we need to understand that. Okay, we need to understand that. What our enemy really is. By the way, all throughout the New Testament, Jesus dealt with unclean spirits and devils. Now, uh, a lot of people use the word demon, but the word really, the word, the biblical word is devils throughout his earthly ministry. Here's what I believe. I believe. This is so true. When Jesus came the first time, there was an uptick in all that, and we'll use the word, a demonic activity. Okay? The closer we get to Jesus coming the second time, there's an uptick in demonic activity. All around us, everywhere. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, you this isn't just in our town, folks. This, uh, these, these evil spirits unleashed on this world. Everywhere. I mean, and think about this, okay? This is what they're doing with the restrainer of the Holy Spirit still here. Could you imagine what this thing's going to be like when we're out of here as Christians? No wonder the Bible says there's never been a time like that, nor will there never be a time after that. Because literally, no restraint whatsoever on all these demonic forces. Okay, Matthew chapter 5, we read, I'll just give you one instance. Um, uh, where Jesus dealt with this, and uh, and cried with a loud voice and said, what I, like, what I have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. So here you have a, a description or a, a, a demonic entity being named. And here this demonic entity's name was Legion, for we are many. Okay, and of course Jesus, we know the story, cast him out and cast him into the swine and, and multiple stories that Jesus dealt with when he was here of these things. By the way, Paul also dealt with them. Okay, Acts chapter 16 says, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain, uh, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination. Okay, now in this case, the spirit is uh, one of divination or, or of fortune telling, if you will. Okay? And uh, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which shown to us the way of salvation. Here you have an entity trying to call out Paul and the apostles, <laughs> or and then the people that worked with Paul. And this she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. So folks, listen, all throughout the, the New Testament church, okay, Christian warriors have had to deal with this spiritual wickedness in high places, okay? And that, and you know what? If they had to deal with it, we're going to have to deal with it, okay? So if you're going to engage in spiritual warfare, you've got to understand who your enemy is, okay? Remember, it's not flesh and blood. 
It's the devil and all his organized uh, um, uh, spiritual hierarchy. Okay, that's what the enemy is. So first of all, you know what the enemy is. Number two, okay, you must access your weapons. Yeah. Access your weapons. Now listen, a soldier has weapons, right? Okay. By the way, they're deadly. Okay, our military aren't isn't armed with Nerf guns. Okay. All right. I mean, I think the way some people would like for it to be, they would like for them to be. Okay. But no, they are armed with deadly weapons that can kill the enemy. That's the point. That's the purpose, right? Okay. Why is, to some extent, crying, you know, held at bay to some extent? Why? Because of the threat of deadly force. Right. Okay. And so, listen, folks, if that's true in the physical realm, that's even more true in the spiritual realm. Now, listen to me. Don't miss this statement. Spiritual battles must be fought with spiritual weapons. Don't miss it. Okay, let me say it again. Get it. Spiritual battles must be fought with spiritual weapons. As we begin to engage in spiritual warfare the next couple weeks, and truth be told, folks, not just the next couple weeks. Okay, if you're a church that's active in getting the gospel out and doing something for Jesus Christ, we will always be engaged in spiritual warfare. Always, always. Sometimes there's a heightened uh, battle you're going to fight, more of a heated battle. We're in one of those right now, but we'll always be engaged in this. Okay, this isn't just a message for the next couple weeks. This is a message how we ought to be living our life every single day as Christians. Okay, so what are those spiritual weapons? Okay, here's where it gets real practical. First of all, is this. Spiritual cleanliness. Okay? Or we could say this, being completely holy, right with God. Okay? Go take your Bible. Once you see these verses, go to Psalms 139. Listen, if you're going to be the warrior God wants you to be, okay, the first weapon you must access is that of holiness. Cleanliness. Spiritual cleanliness in your life. Okay? If you're not spiritually clean, you're no good to God in the battle. Let me say that again. Okay? Get what I just said. If you're not spiritually clean, you're no good to God in the battle. Okay? And I'll tell you right now, you're easy pickings for the enemy. Now listen, the standard's not perfection. Okay? None of us are there. But I'll say this. We can be holy without being perfect. Okay? Here's what he says, Psalms 139. Okay? By the way, this is a prayer. We ought to be praying often to the Lord. Every day you ought to pray this prayer. Maybe multiple times a day you ought to pray this prayer. Search me, O God, verse 23 and 24, Psalms 139. Search me, O God, know my heart, try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, you don't have to turn there, but listen to this verse in Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Okay, you know what he's saying? If I have sin in my life, where when I know there's sin in my life, listen, I'm not, I'm not real good... I'm not worth much spiritually if I'm holding on to sin in my life. Okay, listen, if you can't get past this, you might as well just leave right now. You're going to be no good. You're going to be no good in the battle if you don't get this part figured out. Okay, now let me tell you what this means, church. This is what we all need to be doing. Okay, we need to ask the Holy Spirit of God to examine our lives. And listen to me, okay? God's not afraid of you. He's not afraid to tell you and be honest with you. And ask Him, Lord, is there things in my life that should be in my life? Am I, am I doing things that I shouldn't be doing, God? Right. And, and listen, get, get specific, and He will. Notice what He says. You're praying for Him to search you. Look, when you search for something, okay, you turn over every nook and cranny, right? Mm-hmm. 
If I were to tell you somewhere in this building is a suitcase with a million dollars in it, whoever finds it keeps it. Okay? All right, Brian's gone. I was gone. Listen, you would tear this place apart to find it. You're not going to look how most men look. Right? Open a door. Oh, yeah, I don't see it. Okay? No, no, no. no. You're going to thoroughly check it out, right? Okay, listen. <laughs> that's, the, that's the intensity that the Holy Spirit will search our lives. Now listen, when he reveals it to you, do what he tells you to do. Amen? Listen, folks, I don't have your house bug. I could care less what you do in your home. Okay? Really, I am. I'm more concerned about me and my life and my family than what you're doing in your home with your family. Okay? But listen, God goes home with us. With us. He knows what's going on. Okay? And if there's things in our lives that shouldn't be there, get it right. By the way, God makes provision for that, right? He knows what we are. He knows that we're going to fill and have sin to deal with. He knows all that. That's why he says this in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus Christ is powerful enough not to just forgive our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins. Okay? Get right with God. That's what the old timers used to say. They'd say, you need to get right with God. You know what? We need to hear more preaching about people getting right with God. Amen? Listen, folks, we are the, when it comes to spiritual warfare, we're the elite here. Okay? It's kind of like it would be the equivalent of you know, prepping Navy SEALs or Army Rangers or the Special Forces that come you know, go take out Bin Laden. Okay, no, I'm serious. We are the spiritual special forces God wants to use in our community for this point and this time to accomplish something for Him. And we've got to quit messing around. Quit playing around with sin. Is there something in your life that shouldn't be there? Come on, I'm getting convicted. You think the preacher gets by? Are you kidding me? Man, he pours it on. Amen, and he ought to. Amen, he ought to. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about, you know, physical things. Things in our lives, things we're listening to, things we're watching. Absolutely. I mean, come on, folks. Let, let's get honest with y'all. You're right. Okay? That's the first step. That's the first weapon. Okay? And, and, and that also leads to this. Okay? And I, I was going to this earlier, and I'm going to go into it now for a minute. Okay? That's why you've got to be on guard as we get ready to fight this battle, because the enemy's going to bring it to us. Yeah. If you think for one second, Satan's just going to sit by in a lawn yeah. chair, let all this happen, yeah. and us oppose him, and he not oppose us, you don't know what the spiritual life Christian life's about. Uh-huh. Okay? So listen to me. Okay? Keep the unity amongst the church. Amen. Keep the unity. Amen. Do not let use you to bust up the unity in the church. Right. Right. Okay? Stay right with each other. By the way, let me just say this, okay? You can't have an argument if one person decides they're not going to argue. By the way, even if you're right and they're wrong, let them be wrong. Let them be right and let you be wrong. That's okay. You know why we don't do that? Because we're stinking proud. Our pride. Well, I'm right. Well, maybe you are right, but guess what? Be wrong. I'm not talking about folks not standing for right things. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about silly things, opinionated things that Satan loves to do to get in a church to bust up the unity. Now listen, I'm warning you what's going to happen. Don't be part of it. we got more important things to deal with than little squabbles. Right? we got spiritual battles to engage in. Now I'm warning you what's going to happen, so when it does, just say, shut, shut it down. Shut it down and say, you know what? No. Pastor said it's going to happen. I'm not going to be a part of it. 
I'm shutting it down. Satan is not going to use me. He's not going to get me distracted for what I'm supposed to be doing. That's called spiritual maturity. Amen? So holiness, that's the first weapon. The second weapon, and again, I won't spend a ton of time on this, list for us in Ephesians chapter 6, is called the armor of God. The different uh, pieces of protection God gives us. Okay? I'm not going to read it. I've taught, I've preached a lot about it. Okay? You can read about it. But the loins go about with truth. That's moral purity. Breastplate of righteousness. It's the doing of right according to the Bible. Feet shot, the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's telling others about Jesus. The shield of faith. Belief and confidence in God and His Word. The helmet of salvation. Knowing that you're saved. Okay? Listen, the armor is what we got to put on as we're engaging in battle. It's part of our arsenal. Okay? And then we see this. We see this, our spiritual sword, our offensive weapon. All right? Now, obviously, we know what that is. Amen? And God gives us what that offensive weapon is. He, and He don't hold back what it is, which is the Word of God. Amen? And let me tell you, folks, we've got to be in our Bibles more than we've ever been. Okay? When, you're, when you're going through spiritual battles, you, you don't need less of the Bible. You don't even need the same amount of the Bible. You need more of the Bible. Amen. And listen, immerse yourself in it. Okay? Read it. Listen to it. Meditate upon it. Memorize it. Whatever you got to do, stay more in the Bible than you've ever been when you're in an intensive spiritual battle. It's our weapon. Okay? It's what helps us uh, fight the enemy. Okay? And so our, our, our spiritual sword, the Word of God. And then, and this is where I want to spend kind of more of the time right here. Okay? Because this is, again, where we, where we fight this at. And, and here's the next weapon is this. Effectual, fervent prayer. Effectual, fervent prayer. Now, I'm going to read the verse to you. You don't have to turn there because I'm going to have you look at some other places. James chapter 5, verse 16. Okay? Here's what the Bible says. Confess your faults one to another. By the way, see how all this ties in together? Confess your faults one to another. Holiness, staying right with people, right with God. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, the context of the verse is talking about someone who is sick and afflicted, okay? But the same principle applies to spiritual warfare, okay? That's that statement, because it's a separate statement. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Where does it avail at? In the spirit realm, okay? Now, listen, this isn't just one, two, three, lay me down to sleep, God bless our food type praying. This isn't casual praying. No, the Bible says effectual, fervent prayer. Amen? Of a righteous man availeth much. Prayer is our declaration of our dependence upon God. That's what prayer is. Amen? It is us realizing we cannot do this without God. We don't even want to try to do it without God. God, you must do it, but we're praying to let you know this is what we want you to help us do. Okay? That's what prayer is. It's our dependence, our declaration of our dependence upon God. Okay? Jesus said this in John 15, 5. Okay, I am the vine, you're the branches. Okay? You know what that's talking about? The source of nourishment. Okay? The vine is where all the nourishment comes from. Okay? Listen, you cut off a branch, you know what it does? It dies. Okay? We just did it at our house. Friday, we trimmed up a bunch of trees, 14 truckloads down to the burn pile. Amen? And I didn't move one of them. <laughs> and uh, my wife and the, and the kids were out there, I'm cracking the whip. Just sitting in a lawn chair, sipping tea. Amen? And... Uh, no, I actually had a whole other list of stuff I was working on. Okay? Listen, by that evening, as we clipped those branches, you know what those branches did? They turned brown. Yeah. They were cut off from the nourishment source. Right. They turned brown. 
No, Jesus used the same thing as an illustration here. He says, you're the branches, I'm the vine, I'm the nourishment source. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Okay, listen, if we'll do it God's way, listen, this thing's going to work is what he's saying. And it's not just going to work a little bit. It's going to work a lot. Much fruit. Then Jesus makes this statement. For without me, ye can do nothing. Listen, folks, we have to do this God's way. We have to. This isn't my plan. This isn't your plan. This is God's plan. Amen? If we're going to be successful, it must be done His way. So let's talk for a few minutes about this thing on prayer. Okay? Different types of prayer. First of all, there is private prayer. Okay? The Bible calls it closet prayer. All right? This is where you are, and you alone are alone with God. Listen, every Christian ought to have a place and you ought to have a time where you pray every day. Every Christian. If you have a prayer life, if I said to you, tell me your time and tell me your place, you'd know it just like that. If you don't have that, you don't have a prayer life. Okay? I'm not, I'm not mad at you. I'm just telling you reality. Amen? You need to have a place and a time. You spend time praying to God. Amen? And that's called private prayer. And a lot of our closet prayer, um, and that's when the majority of our prayer is done. And God gives special promises to those that have this time with God. He says this, talking to the Pharisees, how they like to pray. You know, they like to pray where only can sin. Here's what he said. When thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So secret prayer yields public results. Amen? You know what we're looking for? Public results. That's what we're looking for. I don't Listen, folks. This ain't the time to have just secret stuff going on as far as results happen. We need public results from this day. Okay? So you know what that means? You've got to have a prayer life. So private prayer. Uh, but, but folks, listen. When it comes time to these things we're dealing with, there's another powerful, powerful weapon God gives us, and that's called united prayer. Okay? And this is where we're going to uh, do some stuff uh, the, the next two Thursday nights that, truth be told, we've never really done before, okay? Um, I'm going to be at camp, okay? I'm going to be at camp this Thursday. And uh, the following Thursday, uh, I didn't know any of this was going on when I set my calendar for the year. I'm going to be at a preacher's thing, okay? All right? But let me tell you what's going to happen here, okay, the next two Thursday nights. We're going to have a true prayer meeting. Not that we don't, but the emphasis of the next two Thursday nights is prayer, okay? United prayer. Let me tell you what united prayer is, okay? In Acts chapter 12, all throughout, especially the New Testament, the book of Acts, the new church, there's instances of the power of united prayer. When the church got together, and here's the formula, okay? God's people were in one place, they were in one accord, and they had one request. When those things came together, mighty things happened. Okay, Acts chapter 12 is the story where Peter was in prison. And you know what? Truth be told, they thought Peter was going to be executed. And all the church got together and started praying for Peter. Well, you know what happened? Uh, God heard their prayers, and God busted, God jailbroke Peter. Amen? And the angel of the Lord came, got him out of prison. And uh, so Peter goes to the place where all the people are praying at. I love this story. It's such a, a funny story. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate with gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. Okay, Here, By the way, talk about childlike faith. I mean, hey, they've been praying for Peter. Here's a little Rhoda. Oh, Peter's outside. What did all the spiritual adults do? And when they said, you're a crazy girl. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a stupid little kid. Basically what they were saying to her. 
But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. She said, no, you, you know, it really is Peter. And they said, no, it's his angel, or it's his ghost, kind of his spirit. Oh, his spirit's up. How spiritual are these people really? Amen? God, please set Peter free. God, please set Peter free. Oh, it's not Peter. It's just his ghost out there. Man, I mean, God has just got to shake his head at our stupidity sometimes. You crazy, crazy Christian. What's wrong with you? Amen? But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. God, we can't believe God answered our prayer. Where's the faith in that? Amen? But you know what? God responded to that. He responded to their united prayer. So here's what we're going to do. Amen? Next two Thursday nights, we're going to get together. We're going to sing a couple songs, get our hearts prepared, and then we're going to pray united prayer. Now, we're not just praying just, you know, Lord, bless this need, bless that need. Listen, the next two Thursday nights aren't about your need or my need. It's not what it's about. It's about one place, one accord, one request, and that's all about what's going to happen here the next couple weeks. Now, I helped you, okay? Again, part of my job is to help you spiritually, so that's what I did. I printed out a prayer list, okay? And here's how we're going to do this. All right? Now, I'm not going to be here, but the days are going to oversee all this and make sure it happens, okay? And so if it doesn't happen right, it's going to be his fault. Amen? No, just kidding, just kidding. I appreciate Brother Dave overseeing stuff for me and my dog and helping me with those types of things, okay? The first sheet of paper, and here's what we're going to do Thursday night, okay? We're together, and uh, I'd like for kind of how we do on Thursday night, I'd like for the ladies to get together in some groups, maybe groups of two or three, men to get, get together in groups of two or three, Okay? And I want every single person, okay? Now, this will happen during the service time, okay? Because I know some of you guys, you're on, you're on, a, you're on a strict schedule because of darkness or whatever. And uh, the service will be about, about an hour service. That's it, all time, normally are, okay? So you don't have to stay late to do this. We're going to do this during the service time. What I'd like for, uh, and by the way, I have these on the back mantle back there. And if you can't be here Thursday night, you can grab yours tonight, okay? Or if you want to begin praying before Thursday night, you can. Or you can get it here Thursday night, Okay? But um, what, I, what I'd like to do is I'd like for each individual person in their group to pray, each, even though it's going to get repeated a bunch of times, that's okay. Okay, by the way, what did Jesus say? He talks about uh, uh, when he says ask. You look at that word ask. It means to ask and to ask. It's, a, it's, it's in the linear. It means by the importunity. You keep asking and asking and asking and asking and asking and asking until finally God says, okay, enough. I'm going to do it. Okay? So listen, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay? And, uh, and so what we have is that prayer list. Now, on this prayer list, the first page of it uh, is for, we're going to pray for our city leaders. Okay? And uh, this is something we ought to be doing anyway. Amen? Uh, but it has all of our city leaders listed on here. And here's what we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray, Lord, we want to pray for our city leaders to be saved. Yeah. And if they're not saved... Uh, or if they are saved, we want them to make decisions that will honor you and will be beneficial for our community. Lord, if they don't make good decisions, would you please remove them from office? Amen. Yep. Amen. And, uh, and we have them all listed out here. The mayor, city council, our police chief, our sheriff. Okay? Then we're going to pray. we got specific things we're praying here about the events. Now, I have on the paper FFF event. That stands for Faith, Family, Free. Okay? And there's things we're praying for for that. But guess what? We're not just praying for that. We're also praying for that. Right. right. Here's what we're going to pray. Lord, would you cause a stirring in our community to not support the drag show? Yes. Amen. Lord, would you confound and hinder the planning and effects of the drag show? Yes. 
Lord, would you pray? Would you save those that are involved in the drag show? Amen. Oh, yeah. Now, think about this for a minute. As we pray this, okay, let's just say there's 50 people there, and I hope there is that many, okay? Could you imagine 50 people, one place, one accord, one request? Listen, folks, that's going to move God. Not because we order God around, but because God keeps his word. Amen. Then we have, okay, this is where it gets serious, okay? And I've never done this before. I'm not all about just reading prayers, okay, and it's just a reading something. But there's certain times where special times call for special actions. I have right here a spiritual warfare prayer when it comes to casting down demonic entities. Okay? Um, I, uh, I, I, I read a, a person who has been involved in spiritual warfare his whole life. And this person helps people that need to pray certain things to accomplish certain things. I may not know how to do it. And so I, um, uh, I looked at some, some uh, special, what I call, tactical nuclear prayers. Okay? And it's about a page and a half. And I want you to, from your heart, pray this prayer to God. I'm going to tell you, it's very specific. Okay? And these are things, it, 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 it prays for things like this. Father, I ask to any workers of iniquity, sodomites, transgenders, drag performers, any soul that has been given to this abominable lifestyle, be confronted with the power and the glory of Jesus Christ as they attempt to work their evil and perversions. I beseech you, my sovereign master, that these unsafe people would either repent before the glory of Messiah and come to salvation as a result of this encounter, or that they would be put to confusion before the power of your Son, who is sovereign master of all. By the way, let me tell you what this is. This isn't attacking them. It's attacking the spiritual entities behind them. Okay? And listen, folks, this is real stuff here. Real stuff. That works. Amen? If we'll do it God's way. Now, let me tell you real quick, okay, what the power of United Prayer accomplishes. I know I'm going a little past time, but this is we need this, okay? Let me tell you what it does, because Jesus told us what it does, okay? Take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter uh, 18. Matthew chapter 18. Jesus knew that his church was going to need some special, uh, um, special times to access some spiritual power. He knew that. So he made provision for that. By the way, I'm glad he did. Amen? And you can find the parallel passage a couple pages over in Matthew 16, but for sake of time, we're just going to look at Matthew 18. Okay, let's look at three verses, verses 18 through 20. Okay, Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. Okay, and notice what he says here. He says this. By the way, if you read the previous verses, okay, again, all this ties together. Verse 15 and 16 and 17, you know what it talks about? Staying right with one another against you, how to keep right with your fellow brothers and sisters right. in Christ. Listen, folks, I'm not just pulling this stuff out of my hat. It's Bible. Okay? And what I said earlier, I meant. And if you really want to be involved in this, then you're going to follow the biblical formula that we've been talking about. Okay? So then, once you're right with people, okay, and once you're right with God, you're free then to engage in spiritual warfare. Here's what he says in verse 18. Okay? Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. 
Let me tell you what those verses uh, uh, help us with, okay? First of all, this promise is given to the local church. And we know this is true, but if you go to Matthew chapter 16, the parallel passage, Jesus makes the statement, Thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. By the way, let me just clarify something. Peter was never a pope, okay? And, and, and what he's talking about, because the next verse talks about giving Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven, was talking about him being the apostle that was the leader of the local New Testament church in the book of Acts. And he kicked off getting the gospel to the Gentiles. That's what he's talking about. Isn't it amazing if you just read scripture in context how much it makes sense? Okay, all right? Uh, but uh, So the promise is given to the local church. We're a local church. So the promise, even though it was given to them back in Bible times, is still relevant to us today. Because all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable. Amen? So the promise to them is given to us as well. Okay? Now, look at the, 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 the power of the promise. It was, first of all, the power mind. What's that mean? Okay? It means it gives the notion of securing and protecting. Okay? Same thing we would use it for today. If you bind something up, you're securing it. You're protecting it. Okay? And a united prayer can be used to create a hedge of protection for people, events, and circumstances. Okay? It is to secure. It's to protect. God, in response to united prayer, can reach the powers of Satan and protect the church as it marches forward to evangelize the world. As it goes forward to make an impact for the cause of Jesus Christ. Okay, listen to me, folks. Again, when I say Satan is, is not going to stop at, uh, uh, not trying to attack, he's going to have his, his attacks to come at us. Listen, we've got to have a protection source to protect us from those attacks. Right. Okay, That's the power of, part of the power of united prayer. It's the power to bind, to protect, to secure. Amen? And not just that, he says this, what shall be loosed uh, on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That word carries the idea of destroying and dissolving. Okay? United prayer can ask God to dissolve or destroy things that hinder the work of God. God, in response to united prayer, will remove obstacles that prevent the spreading of the gospel and the work of God. Okay, If you don't think there are obstacles to this, again, you don't understand what it's all about. There are obstacles because there's an enemy, and it's real. Amen? And listen, we need God to bind some things. We need God to loose some things. By the way, when we pray these what I call tactical nuclear weapon prayers, let me tell you what they're doing. They're binding up the evil spirits. Listen, folks, okay? God is over all that stuff. He's beyond all that stuff. Listen, God's not here and Satan's here. Right. Hey, how it works. Right. God is here and Satan is way down even here. Right. God is way more powerful than Satan. Oh, yes. Okay? It's not that they're even close to being equal. They're not even in the same universe when it comes to power. Right. Now, does Satan have power? Yes. Okay? But it's nothing compared to the power of God. And here's what's awesome about being a Christian. Amen? God allows us to access His power. Amen. By the way, we got the power source in us! That's how important it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, a part of God is inside of us. It's not just there to fill the void. It's there so we can access the power. Amen? So the power of united prayer is given to the church. It's the power to bind. It's the power to loose. And what's interesting about this, this, this united prayer is activated by agreement. Notice what Jesus said again, verse 19, that if two of you shall agree on earth 
as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. Okay, so two. How many of you would say, I agree that we need to engage in spiritual warfare and help deal with this stuff that's going on? Who did you raise your hand and say? More than two people just raised their hands. So guess what? That promise is for us. It's, It's activated by agreement. So why do you think Satan is going to try to bust up the agreement? Because he knows if we agree, he can't stop us. Right. Because we got a promise of God we're banking on. Amen. God keeps his word. Amen. Listen, yes, I hope the light bulb just came on. <laughs> right? Folks, listen, this agreement, by the way, is to safeguard to prevent someone from misusing united prayer for selfish or simple purposes. Okay? Because... Here's the thing. Let's say somebody wants to pray about this, okay? But you know what? It's not something that, truth be told, applies to united prayer, okay? Well, the agreement comes along and says, okay, we need to use this spiritual weapon for its spiritual purpose, okay? And so that's what the agreement it does. It allows, it keeps the body of believers uh, accountable and on the right page is what it does, okay? And so that's important. That's why God put it in there. By the way, the power of united prayer is activated by importunity. Okay, that word ask is just said over and over again. Now, what I love about that word ask, as I mentioned earlier, that word ask, it means a continual asking. It means you just keep asking. Listen, you're not going to wear God out with your prayers. Until God either says, quit praying about it, or answers it, keep praying about it. Now, sometimes God will come along like you did to Paul and say, Paul, don't pray about it anymore. You ain't changing my mind about it. But listen, folks, that's not the same kind of circumstance. That was a personal issue, a health problem Paul was dealing with. No, I'm tell you right now, God is not going to tell us to quit praying about what we're praying about with this stuff going on. He's not going to tell us that. Amen? Because it's well within his will for his people to involve and rise up and stand against a spiritual wickedness that's trying to destroy our community. Amen? And so it is, it is activated by importunity. And man, don't miss this, church. The power of united prayer is assured to succeed. Notice what Jesus said. Okay, I didn't say it. Jesus did. That if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, they shall ask. Let me just put out there again. Is there at least two of us that agree in the things we're going to be asking about? Okay. So here's the promise. It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. That's a guaranteed promise. Listen, folks, do you understand God limits himself to his word? you realize that? God cannot lie. And if God says, you do this, I'll do this, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Now listen, folks, God's will may not be to eliminate the drag show. Okay? Prayers for the effects of that to be limited, you better believe God can and will do that. I mean, wouldn't it be awesome that if we pray and, and God just puts this, just like he did the, you know, the Assyrian armies and the armies that would fight against Israel. I mean, they would get confused. They wouldn't know what was going on. I mean, God can cause the, all the electrical equipment to blow up. No, seriously, he could. Listen, that's what we're praying about. We're praying for God to confound and confuse and to bust up what the enemy's trying to do. And if we unite... In united prayer, we got a promise He's going to do it. Amen. 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 Now listen, here's what we got to do, okay? Access the, assess the enemy, 
access to weapons, and then I just want to give you this real quick. I won't be much longer. You must acknowledge the authority. Because this, folks, the truth be told, is what we need to understand as Christians. Okay? I love this verse. I love this verse. I love this verse. Okay? Here's what he says in the book of Ephesians. Okay? Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Talking about God. And set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. You understand where Jesus Christ is at right now? He's at the right hand of the Father. Okay? And he sits there in heavenly places. And what he's doing there is making intercession for us. And that is why when you pray, you pray to the Father through Jesus Christ. Okay? He's there as our mediator. Now listen to this. And hath raised us up together. So he talked about where Christ is at, what he's doing in heavenly places. No, 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 don't miss this. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wow. So that means this. Because Christ, we belong to him and he's in us, he, he delegates to us some of his authority. Okay? And that is why our identity, our authority, our power comes from our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is why in Jude, when, okay, I'll, I'll give you a better one than that, okay? Zechariah. This is amazing when I read this verse. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Okay, so Zechariah is seeing the spiritual realm here. Okay, and you got Satan resisting Joshua the high priest. Now listen to this. And the Lord said unto Satan, we're talking about God here. Here's what God said to Satan. The Lord, God said to Satan, not I rebuke you, the Lord rebuked thee. Listen, folks, and that, that's what Michael did as well when he disputed with the devil over the body of Moses. He didn't try to fight Moses. He didn't fight, try to fight devil with a sword. So what's the Bible say? He said, the Lord rebuked thee. Amen. Yep. God used his own name to rebuke the devil. Amen. Michael, the archangel, used the name of the Lord to rebuke the devil. What do you think we got to use? Amen. The Lord rebuked thee. Yeah. Amen? Amen? You know what that means? That means God has all the authority, God has all the power, and he allows us to tap into that power. Yeah. And our authority is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Not in us, in him. Yeah. That's why it's so important to have the right relationship with him. Amen? Amen. And here's what he says. We're all far above. Okay, this is talking about Christ. He's far above. Not just a little above. Far above all principalities, power, might, dominion, every name that's named, not only in the world, but also in the world that's just to come. That's who he is. That is who our Savior yep. is. Amen. And that's who we love, who we serve, who right. gives us his power to fight spiritual battles. Yes, so there you go. Okay? There's the battle plan. There's the battle plan. Okay? And so we're going to do these things. I'm going to do these things. I hope you're going to do them with me. Amen. I hope you're going to be involved in doing them with me. Okay? So you got to be right. Okay? Be right. Ask God to search you. Ask God to try you. By the way, you can do it tonight. Good. Do it in the morning. Don't wait. Don't wait till next week to do it. Okay? By the way, when you ask him and he tells you, maybe you need to make a phone call. Maybe you need to go somewhere. Maybe you need to make a house call. And just get some things right. Okay? Listen, I'm not the Holy Spirit. He's in you. You do what he tells you to do. Okay? Access your weapons. Okay? In your Bible more now than ever. Understand who your enemy is. Get the armor on. And then let's do some damage with these tactical nuclear prayers we're going to pray. And we're going to bind, and we're going to loose, and we're going to agree, and we're going to do it all through the authority God gives us through our relationship with Him.
Yeah. Ma'am? Yeah. Let's pray. We love you.